Ready? Born ready. Welcome back. It's another episode of your favorite political podcast, Where the Party At. I'm your host, Sava Long. Thank you for tuning in again. Had to take last week off. I was on a trip and just couldn't figure out a way to manage uh, work and potting. But we are back. And of course, if it's a week in Atlanta, something is happening with Cop City. So that's what we've got to talk about to start. Uh, They had a big win in court, the opponents of the Public Safety Training Center. A judge in the Atlanta Federal District Court ruled that there's a city of Atlanta ordinance uh, that violates the First Amendment. This ordinance bars non-Atlanta residents from collecting petition signatures. So before this judge's ruling, what happened was only city of Atlanta voters were allowed to collect petition signatures and who pulled, who uh, filed the suit were three, I think it was three or four DeKalb County residents who were opposed to the public safety training center. And they said, we should be allowed to participate and encourage folks to sign up. So the judge ruled that indeed that is the case. Um, And the other big thing the judge did is they reset the clock. So now that 60-day window of signatures gets reset. And it still accepts all the signatures up until this point, until the ruling took place. So as of last week, they said that they've crossed the 30,000 signature mark. Which means that they should be on track to get to that 70,000 signature number with the, you know, since they added more time on the clock. It's a big deal. Uh, in the judge's ruling, they cited a Supreme Court case in Colorado, which states, and I quote, laws which limit the number of voices who will convey the initiative proponent's message. In other words, any limiting the number of people who are allowed to say, here's what proponents are asking to do consequently cuts down the size of the audience proponents can reach and imposes a significant burden on political expression. So it's a big thing. The other thing that's in limbo, if they meet this 70,000, it's like 70,000 and some change threshold, is the city's attorneys have said it doesn't matter if they reach the threshold it's still not a valid referendum because this does not apply to city of Atlanta. It only applies to counties. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but this definitely gives them a little bit more wind in their sails, I'd say. Um, and the other big thing is they're hiring canvassers. So they're actually hiring people to uh, do the signatures to go you know, door to door or at community events. And they're paying them like twenty to twenty-two dollars an hour or something like that. So I imagine that they'll get a lot of folks to sign up 
because previously they were just using volunteers, but now they've got money um, to pay staff. The only thing about this is it's not clear as where the money's coming from. So I don't know if they have not already filed, you know, typically when you're doing a campaign, you have to file with the city, right? And then you have um, markers at certain points in the calendar. You have to disclose who who you got money from and where did the money go to? What did you spend it on? It's not clear on if that has happened at all. Like I did a search and I didn't see anything from it. I don't I don't think there's a difference on referenda campaigns because I've worked on referenda campaigns and we definitely filed. So I don't know what's going on there. Well, maybe we'll find out this week. Is there like a time limit on filing? Like, do they have to file before they submit signatures? You would I would think that because money is being exchanged and spent, that it would have to be filed the moment the city approved them to start accepting signatures. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But we'll see. Uh switching gears to we're just gonna skip over the state. Switching gears to something that happened um on the campaign trail and in Florida that raised some eyebrows. So the Florida State Education Board is now requiring middle schoolers, this is under DeSantis, to be instructed that quote Slaves develop skills which, in some instances, could be applied for their personal benefit. One Republican, a black Republican, spoke out who actually represents Florida. Representative Byron Donalds, who's one of the few black Republicans in the Congress, um, he tweeted, actually, I don't know if he's the only, he might be the only black male in Congress, who's a Republican, but I'm not 100% sure. But he tweeted that he supported most of the standards from the State Education Board, but, and I quote, the attempt to feature the personal benefits of slavery is wrong and needs to be adjusted. That obviously wasn't the goal, and I have faith that the Florida Department of Education will correct this. Well, Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, who's running for president, claps back and he says well whose side are you on and he accuses byron donalds of siding with the likes of kamala harris so then donalds comes back at him and he says and i quote what's crazy to me is i express support for the vast majority of the new african-american history standards and happen to oppose one sentence that seemed to dignify the skills gained by slaves as a result of their enslavement Anyone who can't accurately interpret what I said is disingenuous and is desperately attempting to score political points. Now, I don't know if, if uh, DeSantis came after Donalds because Donalds has endorsed Trump. He endorsed Trump a few months ago. But Byron Donalds is not the only black Republican who came out against DeSantis. Uh, take a listen to what Tim Scott said. As a country founded upon freedom, it's really hard to hear. 
silver lining in freedom, in slavery. The truth is that anything you can learn, that any benefits that people suggest you had during slavery, you would have had as a free person. Uh, what slavery was, was really about separating families, about mutilating humans, and even raping their wives. It was just devastating. So I would hope that every person in our country, and certainly running for president, would appreciate that. And listen, people have bad days. Sometimes they regret what they say. And we should uh, ask them again to clarify their positions. I'll, I'll... Well, he said maybe Tim, Tim Scott said maybe Ron DeSantis had a bad day. He's trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. That but... sounds like the, I said the N-word because my blood sugar was low <laughs> guy. Remember that guy? Who was yes. like, oh, my blood sugar was low. Right, so I, right. I didn't mean to say it. Right, right. No, it was in you. <laughs> Uh, but DeSantis has actually doubled down and he's not backing down on this at all. Another person who spoke out, another black Republican who's also running for president, Will Hurd said something. Let's listen to what he said. Look, it, it, is, it is shocking to me, Caitlin, that in 2023, I have to say this. There, is no, there was no upside to slavery. Slavery was not a jobs program. And also, Ron DeSantis just showed his lack of leadership by acting like it was somebody else's fault and not something that was done on his watch. Here is, here is the reality. If you're going to talk about how uh, African-Americans, despite being treated like, like property, despite having zero freedoms or, or zero rights, that they still had a tremendous impact on our country, if you want to talk about that, that's great. But to imply that there was an upside, it is unacceptable. And what he should have done <clears throat> is say, listen, that was that was worded wrong. We're going to fix that. There is no upside to slavery. We're going to make sure that we, we talk about this and that our kids in, in schools get a proper understanding of our history. That's how a, a real leader would have solved this problem, not letting this continue to fester. So that was Senator Tim Scott. Republican from South Carolina who has, is running for president. And then former Congressman Will Hurd was the last person who's out of Texas, and he is also running for president. Now, I'm glad they're saying something. I wonder to what extent they're saying it because they're running for president and DeSantis is an opponent. Uh, TBD, I guess. No, I've I seen because uh, outside of uh, uh, Byron, there's like two more Republicans that said something, two more black Good. men Republicans that said something. Because it was so much, I saw a headline that was like, you know, black men Republicans right. don't know which way to go because, like we talked about, right. when you're a black Republican, you can come out just like William Hurt did and just flat out say it's wrong. Or you can toe the line like Tim Scott and still, or even like Byron kind of did. I agree with most of it except for one line. Like, mm -hmm. even some of that, most of it probably has some crazy stuff, but. I'm glad they're making statements because it yeah. needs to be made. So, yeah. You know, kudos. We got it. We're working. I think I mentioned this on the last part. We're working on an episode around black uh, voters and the fact that there are three black men running for president on the Republican ticket. Hold for that one. All right, a couple of quick hits of things that happened in Washington. I know you guys had to have heard about this. The pause heard around the world. Mitch McConnell 
the Senate Minority Leader froze for like 20 seconds at a Dang. press conference. And he had to be escorted away. He comes back and says later that he's fine. He doesn't address why he froze, like what happened to him medically. There was some question about if he was having a stroke or something to that effect. He is 81, I believe. Uh, bizarre. Now, the White House needs McConnell because compared to other Republicans in the Senate who could be vying for a leadership position, he's the easiest of them all to work with. And he has a good relationship with the president, with Joe Biden. On the Democratic side, Senator Dianne Feinstein was confused last week, and there was a Senate committee hearing, and her staff kept telling her, like, no, you need to vote. She was trying to say something, but they were actually in the middle of voting, and she was confused on the fact that she needed to vote. Feinstein, I believe, is 84, maybe, or something like that. She's, I know she's older than Mitch McConnell. No, she's not. That's what... Google says. No, that can't be right. She was born in 1933. Okay, you're the mathematician. Her government website. Oof, Lord. 90. I think I've said before, I, I, I love my dad dearly. He's in his mid-70s. Now, not all folks in their mid-70s. Like so I know a guy right now who's 84 and is sharp as a tack. But that is the exception, not the norm. You can be as sharp as a tack. I think the issue in Congress is that might be the issue. I don't I don't want you whether you're sharp or dull. Because <laughs> one, if you're dull, you're not making the smartest right. decisions. And then two, if you're sharp. You still aren't making the smart. You're making the smartest decisions for right now. Yeah. Because at 90, even if you were coherent, then you'll be coherent enough to think, hmm, where will I be in the next 10 years? You know, or can I just do this now? And like I said at the beginning of the pod, I'm really starting to feel like, not feel like I do feel like these people are too old. Yeah. Well, we need term limits. I mean, there's no, we absolutely need term limits. And I don't think it's sexist to say, Diane Feinstein should no longer be in the Senate. That's not a sexist thing to say. She has served her country and her state admirably. But the fact of the matter is, yeah. Too old. Are you just too old? 90, your next 30, whatever you put in place will not affect you in the next 30 to 40 years. Right. Well, the average age of Congress does not reflect the average age of America. That's the other part. So are you really putting forth policies that are representative of the average American? And then like when you get that old, these health scares, it's like, do you get replaced? Do we just keep you on a ventilator? Well, we got a president who's 76. We've got Trump who's, I think, 72, 73. Biden's 80. Biden is not 80. I can't be this off on everyone. Biden is not 80. Yeah, I think you're talking about when they, how old they were when they maybe started. That's, yeah, maybe yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking Yeah, you're thinking like when they start. Yeah, because now he's 80. Yeah, 1942. He turns 80 this year. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Oof. Right. 
That's what I'm saying. Like it's just it doesn't make any sense to me at this part. I'm not I don't understand. I don't understand. But if you were a Gen Z or millennial voter, right? So if you're that 18 to 40 demo and your presidential options or your Senate options are folks in their 70s and 80s, what do you do? I think it's time. I've been thinking about this. And if there's some way, if somebody was smart, they would go ahead and get all these influencers together and figure out who wants to be political. And if it's not you per se, we need you to support somebody in your group, age group. Mm-hmm. That is. So Jake Paul doesn't need to run for Senate. I'm not saying he does, but he probably does have somebody he can support that's around his age that would like to be in Senate. And because of the whole social media, the movement, all of that, you can get to the point where they probably can write him in. Like there's yeah. that many people there are on enough, the movement. Yeah. You can do that. So there are I enough Gen Z and, and millennials that could absolutely sway an election. Yeah. So like I think there has to be a revolution amongst the millennials and Gen Z. And it has mm. to be like an understanding, like millennials, because I would be considered a millennial, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll be touching like 40 in the next couple of years. Right. So I would automatically look at a Gen Z and say, okay, if I'm running for office, you're going to be my assistant and we're going to play like, like we have to just come together and right. get these old people out because the next 30 years will affect me. I plan on being here around 70, hopefully, right? God right. willing. But these 70 year olds is in Congress now. They're not thinking like that, you know, and they're already set up too. That's the other thing too. They're already legacy, have money, right. have prestige, have everything they need. Is this time to switch these old guards out, you know, because the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, that's why we're having hearings at the Congress about social media. Because all these people are old. It's like when I have to talk to my dad about social media. He doesn't yeah. know the basics, so he doesn't understand what a DM will do. Right. Also, that I was can the also, whole AI, the whole AI hearing. All of it. And I can fast well, talk it's, it's to old person, staff. too. Yeah, it's their staff prepping and asking the questions, really. And But their staff are not going to ask the real questions because you're still my boss. So, you know, I'm just to the point where now just all they, all, they just need to go. It's just too old. And like you said, they don't represent the average age in America right now. And it's a constant problem. Shirley Chisholm said this was a problem back in the 60s. I just mm-hmm. read something about her. That's what got me sparked on thinking of this. Because yeah. I was like, wow, if this happens since the 60s and these people are still in Congress right. now, they've seen all of this. Like, yeah. it's time for them to go. But we, Georgia, we probably have two of the youngest senators yeah, well, of almost Warnock every state. Yeah. Ossoff yeah. is in his thirties. Warnock is in his fifties. But I think they kind of also reflected what happened during the campaign and right. who came out to vote. Yeah. But you if you look saying? at the congressional delegation for Georgia, I would imagine it skews. I don't know. I think it skews older, but we do have some folks in their forties and some folks in their early fifties. Yeah. But then we have people like Sanford Bishop, who's, you know, been mm-hmm. in Congress Legacy. for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's quite a few. See, I could deal with time. a mix. I think the state is kind of cool because I yeah. can deal with the mix. A mix like is the, ideal. But it seems like on the federal level, they they just don't do that at all. They, right. they stay in so long. Like, yeah. And that's why it was a big deal when Nancy Pelosi 
decided well, was decided slash was forced to no longer be speaker and Hakeem Jeffries came in as speaker right and he's a guy in his 50s and mm-hmm. that was a big shift yeah. on the republic on the democratic side oh we'll see well congress speaking of is on recess until early september so they're getting a break uh, normally what they do during recess, if you're not familiar, is that's when they go back into their districts. They do a lot of fundraising and campaigning. Um, so it is a little bit, a mix of vacation and then, you know, hitting the ground in their state and their district and, and trying to raise money for 2024. The big thing when they get back is will they avoid a government shutdown? We I know. It's like, again, here we go. We talked about this a few months ago, and now it's back. Uh, it's a big thing for September. Don't know. Uh, again, there's always this tension between the far-right Republicans in Congress and what bills can get passed that way versus uh, what the Senate will do versus what the White House wants. Um, a quick hit on Trump. Uh, his pack has spent $40 million in legal fees so far. Damn. 40 mil. And then in about two weeks or so, he's expected to be indicted in Fulton County under DA Fonnie Willis. So I think that will be what is maybe his fourth indictment. Um, He's just racking them up. And I don't, you know, someone said to me the other day, and I think it was a New York Times article too, that, Trump is essentially, this was someone who's like a prosecutor, like Trump is running to stay out of jail. Uh, That's why he's running for president and he's going to be running for president for the rest of his life, essentially. I could see that because I always wondered the laws on that, but I could see a lot of little loopholes. Yeah. And being a former president. Yeah. And someone else is funding the bill. That too, because it's coming out the pack. Is that even legal? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Wow. Yeah. And so when you make a donation to Trump, 10% of the donation goes to the PAC to uh, support the legal fees. Wow. $40 million. 40 mil. And he's nowhere near done. (laughs) Good to be an attorney, uh, assuming he pays his bills. That part. Uh, on another front, I want to talk about something that happened in labor. Uh, one big thing that happened here that we talked about, I think, briefly before, UPS, which is an Atlanta-area-based company, has reached a tentative deal with the Teamsters Union. Uh, so they were supposed to go on strike effective August 1st. That has been put on hold. Uh, the rank-and-file folks have had to vote on the contract. And so they'll start doing that from, I believe, August 3rd to August 23rd. So we'll know for sure on August 23rd if the contract will hold. Uh, This creates 7,500 new full-time jobs for Teamsters at UPS. It removes a two-tier system of payments for part-time versus full-time. Um, and it provides pay raises, I think, over a five-year period, $7.25 an hour. But some folks are saying that it's still not going to be on par with inflation. Um, and then, we talked about this before, it provides AC on new 
uh, vehicles, but those are vehicles purchased after January 1st, 2024. <laughs> so if you're in an old UPS truck, or if you're in a new-ish UPS truck, you're not getting AC till 2024. <laughs> basically, right? uh, I don't even know if you're going to get AC then. Actually, yeah, they're cause... just they're just making sure it's installed on new vehicles purchased after January 2024. <laughs> so now I guess you get you a, a a cooler and some ice and a fan. Get one of those uh portable, uh, right? <laughs> coolers. Yeah. You know, you know, like when I when I walk out the sauna, they always hand you a towel that's de- that's wet. You put the towel on your neck, yep. mm-hmm. keep it nice and cool. Right, that's, that's horrible. Yeah, but I'm glad they agreed on something. So. Yeah, it's a big deal. There's obviously a lot of, you know, tension between rank and file, and the union heads and UPS because there's some folks who are like, oh, this isn't an aggressive enough, better, a good enough contract for us. But I think the reality is this is probably one of the better contracts they've ever had. Uh, so it's just a matter of if the rank and file will, will go for it, which I think ultimately they probably will. Uh, but we'll see. Um, also in union related coverage. So Trump was just campaigning in Pennsylvania, which is a swing state. And he talked up his support for labor unions. Um, the United Auto Workers, that union has withheld its support for Biden and Trump is lobbying to get their support. They are upset with Biden about subsidies for electronic vehicles, electric vehicles rather, and not requiring that those subsidies were tied to higher wages for the auto workers. So the UAW contract is set to expire September 14th. And that's Ford, GM, and Chrysler, which now goes by Stellantis. The Chrysler, the Chrysler name itself is, is no more. Um, that is 144,000 workers. So another big union. There's been a lot of big union movement. If you remember, towards the end of last year, the beginning of this year was the railroad workers. Then you've got UPS, UAW in September. I imagine. The Teamsters folks are probably having conversations with UAW. Um, I believe Teamsters has already endorsed Biden. But so I think the question for Democrats uh, is going to be, can you adequately show these auto workers why they should be supporting Biden over Trump, given what Biden and his administration have done uh, for workers through the National Labor Review Board and other actions. All right, I think we can move to our party pooper. Every party needs a pooper. That's why we invited you. Party pooper. (laughs) Party pooper. This one is a hot mess. It is Rudy Giuliani uh, who confessed that he made quote-unquote, false statements against Ruby Freeman and Shay Moss. If you don't remember them, that was the black mother-daughter duo who worked at the Fulton County election in 2020. So they were election workers in Fulton County, and he essentially defamed them, or they filed a defamation lawsuit against them in federal court. 
Um, last year, they were witnesses in the House Select Committee investigation on January 6th, along with Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. When Trump did that infamous find me 11,000 votes call with Raffensperger, he actually mentioned Ruby Freeman's name 18 times. And so they were alleging that Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss were either hiding votes or doing something uh, that would have caused Trump to lose Georgia. So in the in the uh, two-page document filed by Giuliani's attorneys, he won't admit, admit that his false statements have caused harm, which is the crux of a defamation lawsuit, but he does acknowledge that he made false statements. Um, also, a legal ethics committee has recommended that Giuliani be barred, disbarred. So, I mean, this man has done almost everything possible to demolish his reputation and probably his bank account as a result of this connection with Donald Trump. Really fascinating to see. Everybody, let's go. And for our party starter, uh, this is a little bit of a switcheroo. We talked, I think, a week or so ago about a Democrat who switched to the Republican Party. But now we've got in Georgia a Republican who switched to the Democratic Party. This is in Cobb County, Republican Tax Commissioner Carla Jackson, who switched from Republican to Democrat. Carla Jackson is a black woman. She was the only black uh, black woman reelected as a Republican in 2020. The entirety of Cobb County switched at the state at a countywide level from Republican to Democrat. And one of the reasons that she cited for her switch is basically what we talked about with the whole Rod, Ron DeSantis and Byron Donalds thing of of Republicans doing and saying things that are counter to what um, a black person would be okay with. So I don't know. We'll see if a Democrat, a Democrat is already going to run against her in the primary, but I'm curious to see what they do. Like if the if a Republican will also run. Yeah. I mean, cause if she switched parties and a Republican would have to run. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, they don't have to, but if um if I'm the head of the Cobb Republican Party, I'm gonna run a Republican just out of spite. Even if I don't think they're gonna win, it's just like like I'm not gonna let you assuming she wins the Democratic nomination, mm -hmm. I would just not let her coast without having a Republican opponent. Challenger. You're right about that. But why do you and do you know we have to do some research. Do you know why the tax commissioner position is, is partisan? partisan? No, that's what actually one of the things that has been talked about is like the tax. There's no reason for that to be a partisan position. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I, I just saw here to say it was a partisan. I'm like, yeah. why? Like, yeah. Don't taxes affect everybody? Right. There's. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. A better tax to rate be... to a Republican. <laughs> no. Than a Democrat, no. You can't. Right? Like. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know they can do it. You know. I've seen what they did on skin color sometimes, but just. But yeah, no, political parties, yeah. No, that's so. one of those that it doesn't it doesn't really make sense. Okay, okay. Uh yeah. I threw a curveball for a party starter. I, I see this, I see this. We, we were just talking Representative about Dean Phillips yeah. on Friday confirmed reporting that he is being pushed to check being pushed by who? 
being pushed to challenge President Biden for the Democratic nomination in 2024. This is from Axios. He is a moderate three-term congressman, would be by far the most politically established Biden rival. Yeah, because right now you got Robert Kennedy Jr., who's no, who only Republicans are taking him seriously, and maybe a fringe of Democrats, but not many. Yeah, and I've seen him. He's been on this black circuit, and he just shot himself in the foot. Oh. He went on a, a podcast. Um a rap podcast and say he does not support cash reparations. Oh, that doesn't so, surprise me. A lot of, you know, that Twitter yeah. blaze on that. So, <laughs> <laughs> And then Marianne Williamson, the one most, I don't, yeah. Unless you have some crystals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he does seem like the, the, the most will. politically viable. Phillips has been receiving inquiries about his willingness to challenge Biden and will meet with Democratic donors. Mm. In New York City next week. Interesting. The reporting is accurate. That's why I sent it to you. He said that. Yeah. I said, oh, Biden what? really is 80 years old. Good Lord. Now, maybe this is their ace in a hole. Like if something happens, maybe this is Democrats ace in a hole. Like if something happens to Biden before things get too far down the road and they don't want Kamala, this is their backup. Yeah, perhaps well, then they're not gonna want uh, Kamala and this right here. Like he said, if, if Biden keeps <laughs> suffering declines and health, then it'll be viable. But I just think in general, he should just run just to you know keep it sharp and at least you know. And, and it's, it's sad, you know, America will always force to choose the lesser of two evils. Yeah, because I, I I just went on this whole tirade about wanting somebody younger. Right. So I'll be forced to vote for him just off of the premise of, well, I didn't want Biden's old behind. I didn't right. want Trump. I didn't. I yeah. don't want a Republican. I would have rather have a younger Democrat. But yeah. I don't know what he stands for. Don't know none of his policies. I just know he might not freeze up on me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he said last July that he would not support Biden's reelect, calling for a new generation of compelling, well-prepared, dynamic Democrats. I, well, regardless of Biden's reelect or not, this is something I don't understand why Democrats don't do is like they don't have a bench. Right. This is what everyone always complains about. Like, where is the Democrats bench? Exactly. Who's on the bench? So I think um, that'll be interesting to see. You know, AOC, I was surprised when she came out and said she was uh, supporting Biden. But I'm not. In 2024, I was like, oh, OK, because it's like, well, it's the same playbook, you know? This now maybe AOC would be more, um, a little bit more revolutionary in how she wanted to vote if she had more young people there with her. I think that she's if outside of the quote unquote squad, yeah, she's drowned out by so many old opinions, old views. Um, they yeah. gave you a concession, right? You know, we did we let Hakeem Jeffries take the spot, so we did step down, you know. A little bit of concessions. And then if she's been there long enough now, I think they've gotten into her ear a little bit. Mm. You know, play the game with us. We'll play the game with you. You know, we'll show you how to stay here for the next 30, 40 years, right? Mm -hmm. That's what they've been doing. But I hope AOC doesn't listen to them, understands that she knows her own peers. Yeah, maintains that independence. Yeah, because if we see some of that, then that'll be the same thing that get her out. Because that's what put her in. Right. Was her being anti. Right. I, I I hope that this happens just to wake up the Democrats and 
not lose potential because, like, the one thing Republicans are good on is, like, I don't know how it seems like Democrats got mainstream media and Republicans got, like, the fringe social media or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, Republicans are real good with, like, just being tapped into, like, what is going on culturally in a sense. And if they see more young people just... Because I think it's, I've seen it on TikTok a little bit. Like, quote-unquote woke is now a pejorative. Like, right. nobody wants to really be woke, especially the young kids. Like, yeah. they're not even on the woke train no more. And if Republicans see that, oh, man, all these people are getting old in, them, in the Congress, well, mm. they'll run a whole slate of young people just to get them fired up. Because they almost did it during Trump's reign with, like, that whole Blexit thing they did with yeah. black people and, like, Candace Owens. And mm-hmm. had, they had a couple, like, hip-hop, like, you know, and just trying to get young people. And the same thing on the other side with, like, the Andrew Tates and those right. people. Like, So is that why Ice Cube was on uh, Tucker Carlson? Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet either, but I definitely saw him on Bill Maher and Joe Rogan. And um, Cube is just doing what he's always done, which is, like, saying, let's exercise our opinions. You know what I'm saying? But I'd be interested to hear what he said on Tucker Carlson because the other two interviews, they didn't really get into his politics. They got more into just the regular story and who are you and talking more about the big three and the NBA stuff of mm. how they were trying to pigeonhole him out of that. Um, so I'm I'm interested to hear what he has to say with Tucker. But I'm thinking it'd be a good conversation because that's where we're at. Like, that's where we're at. That's who runs the culture. The Democrats, they only want you if you're going to say the script. And I don't like that. I At think least that's the, the same for any party. Nah, because the Republicans, they, they'll let you say some crazy, like, they'll, they'll bring Kanye on to say some crazy stuff. They'll distance no, it, but they'll, they'll let you say whatever you need to say. They won't, they you, won't they let won't Cardi let B you. be off script. As soon as Cardi B stopped going off script, okay, they brought Mate to style. They're not going to let, I don't see Republicans letting another Republican say something that they think is pro-Democrat. Mm, okay. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. Right? I mean, a whole... I mean, what? look at what DeSantis said on slavery. The only people that came out were black Republicans. Yeah, okay, that's what you mean. That's what you mean, yeah. Right? Like, but we're we're, all the them. Republican establishment knows that they're trying to court black folks. You would think they would stand up, too, and say, ah, this actually hurts our party. Mm-hmm. They don't do that. Yeah. And so I said the other when I was on NPR the other day, like last week or so, I said, show me a Republican who's allowed to be pro choice mm. and publicly say it. No. And but see, that's I, but that's kind of what I like about the Republicans is that they do let the base determine the politicians. And I can only imagine the type of Democrats we would have if the Democrats would say I'm only, I have to vote this way because my base is holding me to the fire. You get what I'm saying? Like, imagine if Democrats. The, I think Democrats had do same, on social issues. Nah, they, heck nah. Heck nah. Cause like, I, I didn't say black issues. I said social issues. Well, black is mixed no, in. I'm, I'm, what I'm saying, what I'm saying, like, well, but, anything LGBT related. For sure. But but once again, though, then, LGBTQ isn't necessarily their base. You get what I'm saying? It might be some of their voters, like Asians, like Hispanics. Yeah, that's some of your voters. But we see Hispanics with Donald Trump. 
You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? We see that it's split. Right. When it comes to a certain base of people, that base is there. You get what I'm saying? Like we we've kind of held you down. We've you've been there. We mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And and then even the liberal white people who have some things that they want to push, they don't get listened to a lot. They, I think they do locally when they control their local municipalities, but like that federal level. Well, then tell Cornell West to run as a Democrat instead. Not Cornell West. Old. He needs to sit down too. <laughs> I'm tired of old people. I'm sorry. It's 70 plus. You got to sit down. And if you're 60, I'm on your head. And if you're 50, I'm going to need you to mentor somebody younger. And if you're around 30 or 40, I'm going to need you to get into the fight. You know what I'm saying? That's just that's just where I'm at with it. I hear you. Okay. Y'all heard what the man said. We have to do something. We have to yeah. do something around the A. It's, it's just getting to that point. It's just getting to that point. So. No, it, it definitely is. And, and more and more young people, I think, are realizing that they do need to, st- mm-hmm. you know, step in and be active and have a voice. I was trying to find the article because it was a country I just saw that they said, like, the young voters came together and ousted one of their leaders. I can't, I mm. can't remember what country this is. I, I have to find the article. But I saw that, too, and I was like, it's somewhere in Africa. Because they say Africa right now, the whole continent is more young people it than is. older people. So, like, a yeah. lot of places, like, young people are coming together. And, I'm like, yeah, that's what needs to happen in America. You know, like, these young people Facts. just got to come together and get some of the old thinking out, you know. The only thing, only Including at the local level, not just at the president. Yeah, yeah. At the local level, too. It's, it's, it's local, too. I think local sometimes is harder. Because, like, they can help you so... Like, you brought up Sanford Bishop, right? I remember meeting Sanford Bishop when I was in college, like a freshman. But I also remember Sanford Bishop bringing money directly to the school. Like, we needed something. He went and got it from car and boom, brought it right back. And then when it's time to vote again, it's like, hey... You remember what I did? Look at the list of stuff I did. I think locally a lot is so hard because it's like, what cachet does a young person have? Like, what can I do? You know, what? unless I made money. Mm-hmm. You know, right now it's the money thing. They don't look at the community work the same way. You know, that's, that's why like Vivek will get a following because he has money, not anything he did in the community. Right. But Obama had to be in the community at first. So, yeah. you know, I can go out this all day. But <laughs> I'm ready to get active. All right. All right, y'all. That is today's show. As always, thank you for tuning in. The first step to being active is to find out if you're registered to vote. So why don't you start there? Go to sos.ga.gov. Check your voter registration status. Get registered. Elections are starting in November. Because I heard they rolled off a lot of people. Right. Recently. Yeah. So double check. Make sure you're registered. Super easy to do. Yeah, they just rolled off my brother. Oh, dang. But he's supposed to have been changed his address, so. See. Dang. Follow up. All right, y'all. Until next time. <laughs>